and welcome to MyScast with your hosts, Greg, Mike, and Richard. Hey. Yes, two weeks. Hey, hey yeah, yeah, two together weeks. finally. But oh well, you know, such is life. Yeah. So tonight we are going to bag on Al Lutz um, once again. Well, maybe not bag, but we're going to go over something he has on MySage. I have to get through all the bullshit of the first four pages to get to the... <laughs> no, come on. The first on four pages were all BS. Some of it was interesting. Oh, it's just... It's, I, it's DF mindless bullshit. <laughs> well, wait. Wait, Richard can... Hold all back, right. Greg. So, Tell me how you wait, really feel. Wait a second. Wait a second. There's something Richard can, can comment on. The appearance of gang-like graffiti... In break rooms and restrooms you know, in the I'm, backstage. I'm, I'm reading that Is that true? Right now. I am reading that right now. Um, because of the low standard cast members are hiring now? What? I don't know. Greg could probably answer just as it. We've, there's graffiti all the We've always had graffiti always on been. stage and backstage. I don't think there's anything more or less than what we've had in the past. Well, I can't say for oh. what's now, but in the past, I wouldn't put it gang-like, but there was always, you know... Mine's bigger than yours. Call for a good time. An occasional, oh, shoot, the guy, the guy who had a, a locker next to me, God, if he ends up listening to the show, he ended up having, he had swastikas and stuff on the inside of his locker. And somebody yeah, turned, turned him somebody in. Does that, yeah. And he was, a, he was really a nice guy, wore jack boots and all that. But, you know, I never saw him, you know, bowing down nice. to a picture of Hitler or anything. But, you know, the swastika is older than the Third Reich, so it could have been for other things. Uh, yeah, correct. Could, yeah, I don't think he was Hindu, though. <laughs> but, no, it, no it, I don't it, think so. <laughs> but there's always been some kind of uh, tagging. I mean, we are people of art. We've grown up, you know, drawn on the caves, cave oh, walls. Don't, don't, don't go trying to defend taggers as artists. They are not artists. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. There's, there's a difference between... And I, I think John Dubb tried to explain this to me. Personally, I think it's all crap because it's not their property to tag on. But Bingo. there's taggers versus graffiti. And to me, it's all crap. So I would like to be... Oh, wait a second. I, oh. Wait, 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 hold on. I would like to be like a great movie to find the first art critic every time I see <laughs> graffiti tag. <laughs> <laughs> you're not setting your own standards very high if you want to be the art critic for taggers and graffiti. No, no, he's he's referencing he's referencing history of the world, where you know they show the caveman first art, which begat the first art critic. Oh, and the guy, you remember what he did? Yeah, <laughs> pissed off. So let's go to some emails. I've been gone two weeks. You guys did a show that I would have loved to have been a part of. The subject matter was uh, not too bad. I but. You know, wasn't there, couldn't hey. do anything about it. But we got a great email from someone named Rhett. We won't read the last name, but it says, Hey, guys, and Richard, since we know what Mike and Greg look like, of course, my imagination goes nuts trying to put a face to Dick's voice. Hmm. And I guess anytime you get a Dick's voice, it's, I, I mean, it just does make your imagination go. He says, The only face that comes up is Brian Potion. And there's a link. To okay. the guy, he says, if you don't know who, uh, who he is, here is his IMDB list. You'll know. <laughs> For some reason, Brian and Dick sound like to me, ha, 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 ha. Thanks, fellas. And Rhett is uh, the Magical Vault podcast. So I responded, Rhett. knowing that Richard never checks his email. It's not a question of never checking. 
one of the computers has been acting oh, okay. up. This is blah blah blah. Um, blah just blah, so you know, blah. just so you know, Rhett's from Utah. He has twins too. Okay, nice. That's good. I know, I know, I know who Rhett is. Okay, good. So I responded. I said, Rhett, that's funny and not far off. Of course, we need to protect Dick's real identity since he works for the mouse, Greg. <laughs> and he responded back, of course, of course. It was just driving me nuts for the first couple of episodes that he was on. Really sounds just like the actor laughing out loud. Don't know if he'd take offense to it or not, but figured, what the hell. It's funny, no. and it might get a little laugh out of the crowd. <laughs> no. he, he does look like this guy. He does. <laughs> He's tall. This guy's tall. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that he, was pretty funny. He, he gave an IMD, IMDB link, so... Yeah. Brian Posehn, P-O-S-E-H-N. Last time I remember him, he was like uh, TV show I saw him on. Well, he's been on lots of stuff, but was uh, just shoot me. He was like the the tall male boy that came around to deliver mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very deadpan delivery for everything. Um, he's in Brother Bear, huh? Interesting. Cool. Let's see if there was anything out. Uh, let's see. That's adult beverages somebody sent. Me. Okay. Oh, I got. Uh, let's see. Josh. Um, Josh Banks. Go ahead. Sorry about complaining about the show length of the forum. The last two hours plus uh, the last two hours plus security show was very fun to listen to and really pass the time. Thanks. Yeah, I was reading that one. Yeah, I like it when we get the ones that say "keep the long ones coming." <laughs> Great, nice. Oh, the, uh, the comment on there about it was nice to have the uh, one-hour show too. Oh uh, nice. yes, it's always a refreshing. You know, oh, there's a short one. I listen to it and go. In fact, I've been getting a lot of those responses for our fat and happy a little uh, dinner reviews. A couple of people sent me, hey, it was great, nice, quick show. And, uh, you know, we got a – so moving on. We got a good email for those who have um, – I've never seen this room yet. It's the new sub room. You know, if you can't squeeze yourself down into the sub room, yes. claustrophobic. Um, did you get it? Did you read it? Yes, I did. We did not read it, but I read it. Yeah, it's kind of I mean, long. Um, we won't read the whole thing, but it's from Kelly, and we thank you for the the email. And uh, it's pretty cool. So it looks like it would be a nice um, alternative, which I think Kelly. they should do more of. And maybe the um, the I'm entitled lines would get a little shorter and <laughs> not botch everything up so much if they can make a few more of these. And uh, she she truly has a reason to use it. But most of yes. the people I see in the I'm entitled line um, don't. That's a need <laughs> I'm entitled, right? Is that the IE line? Yes, the IE line. <laughs> the IE line. That, it, new uh, catchphrase there, the IE. Yeah, let's try the IE. Well, no, okay. ah, all right, fine. All right, there's a guy that sent us. Um, no, we, won't, we it, won't say anything about Internet Explorer. We'll just call it the was, IE. Uh, yeah, Inland Empire is where I was going. All right, oh, so okay. this guy, guy named Robert. Robert Juve. I've got that one here, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bob here again. He was the one who wrote us about the woman who went crazy on Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Wanted to say hey again. Thanks for reading the email. Let me kick around another idea. And his idea is a show about what era all, all three of us, if Richard is there, so that's great, do we think is the park's best? And I think he's referring to Disneyland. The question is uh, both opinion-based, but gasp. Is also somewhat nostalgia related, as my opinion is the park was best in the late 80s, early 90s. But a lot of that is based on his childhood experiences. Anyway, I just wanted to give you guys some more show fodder. He'll try and keep coming coming up with some more. I, I like that one. So let's dump I the like out. Let's sit and move on to this one. Yeah. 
no, no, no. What's that? We'll do the outlets. We'll come back. This that'll be a good show. I, I um, yeah. And tell Mike to quit bitching. I noticed how you left the PS off. <laughs> tell Mike to not, quit bitching about not, this one show. Not germane to the show idea. <laughs> and also, by the way, he did say um, yeah, for the two you or three, if Richard can find the studio. So, hey, yeah, I was paraphrasing as I went yeah, along. I, was... I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we did get a part two about, and maybe we should follow this up since I went to IOA, about the um, J.K. Rawlings and Universal, and, you know, there was some thought about um, why not do a Narnia land or something at Animal Kingdom. Or the th- Actually, his thought was why not take the land they never made, which was the mythical character or mythical creatures area, which would have had the dueling dragons and all that in it. And make it a Narnia one. While I'd like to see a Narnia, or I wouldn't mind seeing a Narnia-themed area, in the Animal Kingdom, I don't think would be the proper place for that. But um, yeah, I, that would, I, I would have to say that sounds that would be more my taste of towards Fantasyland. Yeah, Fantasyland, I can see it at the studio, yeah. movie based, you know. Studio, yeah. Like that. Um, now I. I've went to Island Adventure. I guess this is a, a tangent. What three or four? We should start doing uh, some, you know, <laughs> sound for tangents. Like yeah, that. That's too much post production. Never mind. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't do post production, do you? Uh, well, anyways, I went to the Islands of Adventure with the Fat and Happy crew. They started off pretty well until it started to rain like a mother freaking. You know, we got a little bit of rain in. Universal Studios. I gotta say, their Universal Studios was interesting. Um, of course, there's no tram ride like we have here. Uh, well, do they actually have a working studio there? Is it just strictly park for the most part? Well, let's see. Does the Disney MGM Studios have a working studio? Well, I'm, I'm uh, to Universal Studios Florida compared to Universal Studios here at Universal City. Now I, now, I know a lot of the Nickelodeon shows used to be taped, filmed, uh, DV, mini-DV, whatever they're recording on. I, I, I'm not sure if it was Earl or somebody was telling me that not as much is being done there anymore. Uh, but no, you know, the, the one here was built around the movie studio, and that's partially why you have the tram. Uh, and because of the large back lot and all that. that that's pretty much non-existent. I have to say that their streets in the Universal Florida are pretty well detailed. They've got a nice feel and depth to them. Um, kind of feel like uh, the New York streets at the one here in, in uh, Hollywood or Universal City, except you can walk through them. I couldn't find I was looking for the window. I've got a friend I used to work with. His daughter was uh, whatever they consider an Imagineer at Universal. I don't know what they call them. Uh, designers, I guess. She's got a her name on one of the windows, so I couldn't find it. Um, some I, I wouldn't agree with the inner the the rag magazine, the the industry magazine that said this is one of the best laid out parks they'd ever seen. I don't agree with that because you have to basically walk in a big circle, and there's no places there's no place to cross over when you get to the big body of water. But some of the attractions were kind of cool. It was kind of different to see Jaws not being in a tram. Really? Yeah. Or, or see, stand there and it yeah. comes up to you? Or? No, no, no. You get in a, <laughs> you get in a boat. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you hopefully get a guy who 
is a boat driver who's not anything but pirates uh, <laughs> and knows how to handle his weapon <laughs> like a weapon okay. and not something to be not thrown like around that. willy-nilly. Okay. Um, it's not something like he's handling his gun? Uh, yeah. So okay. it... Um, you know, it was interesting. The theming around this, see, that's kind of what, uh, is that May, supposed to be Maine? Is that Cape Cod? Is that what the, where was Jaws supposed to be? Amityville. So that would be, wasn't Long Island Sound or is it, no, no, it was Martha's Vineyard. Martha's yeah. Vineyard. That looks pretty good. You know, and you get in these kind of odd boats and they're, when you really kind of look and see what's going on, it's pretty flat bottom. You know, he'd spin the steering wheel, of course, and nothing, it wouldn't go anywhere. So um, <laughs> not <laughs> that much unlike uh, Jungle Cruise. Spinning wheels. But um, it had some decent effects, but, you know, it's still kind of tongue-in-cheek and cheesy. Uh, but it was it was interesting. It was cool. We It started to pour rain on us after we got in the boat. So uh, the funniest part of the attraction probably was when it got to the end, the guy went to, to open the boat up so you could get out, and all the water from the top of the canvas just poured right on top of the, the cast member. Uh, and interestingly <laughs> enough, the cast members or whatever they call them there, Name tags looked a lot like Disney's. Uh, really kind of ovalish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's what I, that we've, we've I, both made comments that over here at Universal in uh, Hollywood, in L.A., in Hollywood, the, the name but, tags look know, identical to the Disneyland name tags, too. In, in and out, you know, has the oval name tags, out. too. Yeah, yeah, in and out, same thing. So, but then, uh, again, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, larger district managers and everything came from Disney Foods, too, so... Okay, cool. Um, Earthquake was kind of interesting, though I, from what I understand, we missed one pre-show, and it could have been because it wasn't extremely busy, but you get on um, a subway, and they have a pretty good effect that makes you feel like you traveled much further than you did on the subway, unless you watch to see there's a man door or a service door that if you watch real closely, though, it's dark. Hey, that thing's not moving, or not (laughs) much. Uh, but they really blow the effect, of course, after the earthquake's gone and you go back to where you load, you're like, oh, that was only 10 feet or however far it was. The earthquake, I think, comes off better in the tram. You know, we all, we have all lived through earthquakes and pretty large earthquakes here. Um, yes. See, what's our record, Richard? What's the What was the Silmar earthquake? Uh, the Landers was probably the largest one that we've gone through. That That's was a 7.1. Yeah, seven seven one. Okay. Yeah, so we yeah. we put a seven one notch in our earthquake belt, and I don't think the earthquake at Universal Florida, to me, felt like an earthquake, let alone a three five or you know I think they're saying it's a seven eight or it's a catastrophic, uh, not that great. But some of the effects of going in the tunnel and all that, that I thought that was okay. The attraction that stood out to me is the uh, a must ride attraction was the Men in Black. And there's kind of an ode or even a thumbing at uh, Disney because a lot of the attraction posters and stuff outside would remind you of a certain world's fair because, <laughs> remember, they, it was supposed to be a certain world's fair that those spaceships are landed, right? And they use them. Correct. For the, they're there at where the 64 Please. World's Fair was. That was, yeah. Exactly. So the, a lot of the attraction posters look very Disney-like. Uh, so it's it was kind of cool. The um, you know it's it's kind of like Buzz, but I'll say Buzz on steroids. And uh, I always forget the guy that plays the uh, 
um, the head men in black, man in black. I forget what his name is. Uh, oh, Zed. Will Smith? Uh-oh. Zed. No, yeah. no, no. Oh, Zed, okay. Zed, Reptorn. Uh, Reptorn. Okay. And, you know, his voice is going and you're shooting. You don't have to be well, as ex- exact, you know, and, um, you know, here at uh, Buzz, you got to hit that little sensor. And I, I didn't know until after I asked uh, Earl, because I did fairly well. I got a pretty high score. And, and I said, I was looking to see, was there any super- certain spot I was supposed to hit? He said, basically, you just hit the monster or whatever it is. But um, I guess you can shoot the, there's parallel cars going. It's like you're in competition with this car next to you. And you sit three, two rows of three, and the back row is elevated. And then there's a point at the end you have to hit, you know, they have you hit the red button, they get you a bonus. But if you hit the other car, I think it, is, it makes it spin around. So there's, there's, a, there's odd things going on here and there. It's actually a very good attraction. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, Twister, interesting. There's some stories that if you listen to Trapped on Vacation, I won't repeat them. Uh, Earl's got some interesting stories about the two main characters of Twister and uh, how you see them in the attraction. Uh, again, it was, you know, typical Universal stuff. It, some stuff looks good, and then the other stuff looks like you, you know, can watch it move slowly. You know, the, the, the cow <laughs> okay. spun around. You know, the uh, the funnel effect actually was pretty good, but, you know, it's still kind of Universal-type effects if you, if you kind of okay, follow I was kind of going through some of the forms and listening a little bit to our, that show when we were talking about Harry Potter and, and the comment that we always made about Universal in L.A. They always go up to like the seventh or eighth yard, but they never comp- really complete the attraction. It's, it's just a lot of stuff missing. How is it compared to out there? Do they really well, I think the attraction- tail it a little more? I, again, I think the attractions are uh, similar. Now, we rode the mummy. And I haven't been on the mummy here. I, I, my kids told me it was really short, but I haven't been on it. And I was, I was like tossing the coin. Should I ride this? You know, my back. Uh, what should I do? And interesting enough, they required that you could have no carry on, so they have lockers that you can temporarily rent, or not rent, but you put your fingerprints or something. I don't forget how it worked. They okay, similar to that over at uh, cool. Six Flags too, don't they? I haven't been to Six Flags since before it was a gang hangout. So uh, I've been out there once since it became a gang hangout, and I think on a couple of their larger coasters they do the same thing. You're not allowed to take anything whatsoever on the attraction, so they got little lockers off to the side that you can put the stuff in. Yeah, so it, it, that that all worked out. Um, pretty cool, but I was kind of like, that's it? But the queue is... It's very nice. It's pretty cool. Earl was giving us some insights here and there. The kind of one problem with their queue is if you don't really have to wait in it and you're able to travel through it fairly quickly, the little post video you get at the very end doesn't make any sense. So if Earl hadn't told me what was going on at the end, I'd be going, what the hell is that? But it was themed, (laughs) themed very well. The roller coaster was interesting. Not great, but interesting. Uh, fun, definitely. Uh, so, now, we we have to separate, because now we're going to go to Islands of Adventure. So that's kind of Universal in a nutshell. Um, Universal's kind of main drag, if you will, their Hollywood Street, was kind of cool. And there is one store that exists in both Disney's studio and Universal's. If I get it right, 
It's, it's the Warner Brothers store. Yeah, very <laughs> it is the um, uh, it's a photo store. I forgot what it's called now. The Shutterbug or the Sh- I forgot what it's called, but um, it, it's slight variations of the same store exist in both. But they've got a great recreation of the Pantages. Uh, the street looks very good. Uh, so anyway, so we go on over to Islands of Adventure. Now you got to kind of throw the whole playbook about Universal sucks out the window. Islands of Adventure is very impressive on the surface. Uh, you walk in and you're like, okay, here's what Imagineering uh, without bean counters over your shoulder can do. Because, of course, a lot of guys that worked on that were ex-Imagineers. Um, then it's once we got through what you might call the main street, which is very well detailed. There's pictures on Flickr. Uh, we hung a right, which is the uh, cat in the hat, Dr. Seuss area. And then we went into for the Dr. Seuss dark ride, which is like an acid trip. It's, uh, it spins, <laughs> it does all kinds of things. And, you know, I already think Dr. Seuss must have been on a few different um, uh, narcotics or hallucinogenics or something. Uh, Modern we, day Lewis Carroll. Oh, God. Some people like that. So when we came out, it was pouring. I mean, absolutely pouring. We stood in there for a while, and they have all these things for Thing. Uh, thing 1, Thing 2. Yeah. Had Thing 2 on the back of some underwear. So I said, <laughs> what's on the front of it? <laughs> and if it wasn't on the front of it, I think you should buy the patch for the number and put it on the front of it. Uh, so we finally said, screw this. Thing one, and thing one, thing two in the back. I don't want to deal with number two. Oh, I got to go number you know, one. I got to go. <laughs> That'd be a great way of teaching your kid to communicate with you that you got to use. But. Okay, sorry. Quite all right. So a lot of the outdoor attractions in, in this uh, little area were closed because of the rain. We finally said, you know, we've had enough of this. And I didn't bring my little umbrella with me, which I wish I had. I actually believe I uh, did catch a cold that day. Um, so we finally just hiled, high, 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 hightailed it to the other end of, of this area. So it was kind of hard to get a real idea of the theming of the area, but Earl says it really shines in the daylight. Well, we had a lot of overcast. So we got to another overhang, which was like a little Grinch Christmas shop or something. Started to pour again. So I finally said, some of us, you know, like Chris, were like, screw this. We're not going to stand here all day. You know, we got limited time. We're just, we're going to go for it. And he's like, see that, you know, Landmark right there. You get there and you hang a right, we'll be at the Poseidon. So they ran and you couldn't see him anymore. If I screw it, I'm going. Of course, you know, invisible puddles of water show up where you didn't think they were. Next thing you know, you're in lakes. I made the right, screw that, dead end. You know, he had made a mistake. And, uh, and I had my camera in a bag, trying not to get it wet. Finally got to the Poseidon thing, which has got an immense facade very cool nicely detailed but we went inside to probably sub you know zero air conditioning <laughs> and we were soaking wet space, space mountain air conditioning yeah i believe 
it would have put ice on your nipples. It was pretty cold. <laughs> that cold. Jeez. Uh, okay. <laughs> we've gone from thing one and thing two to ice on the nipples. On the nipple, but okay. it, I guess I better speed this up because this is not our show. But I, yeah. it was super cold. We had to stand there a while. The show was interesting. Again, it's a stand-up show. You have to move from room to room. Uh, you know, your only hope is to get a cast member who enjoys what they're doing because, you know, if you get to deadpan, I've done this a thousand times. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, run to this gun. Uh, 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 run to that gun. Uh, 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 uh. Cylon splits in half. I mean, it's kind of that um, thing. So we did that. We got to the Dueling Dragons, and the area around the Dueling Dragons is something else. The queue is nothing short of mind-boggling. It's, it's, it's awesome. The attraction is just sticking out there. That's one thing I'm hoping or I'm guessing that if they would actually put it in Animal Kingdom, the entire attraction wouldn't be exposed. I mean, the load-unload is basically the only area that's covered. Otherwise, it's out you know, where you can see it. And there was this interesting tree restaurant or something on the other side. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and then we got around. I didn't write that because the guys advised me that it is jerky in some spots and you know, last thing I want, this was like day three, maybe out of 10 days. I didn't want the last seven days to be in a uh, Shandy Rose ECV or anything. So <laughs> I, I didn't didn't write it. Um, looks very fun. We went on to the Jurassic Park area and, and I thought that was kind of Jurassic Park. They've got the thing kind of like the movie, the visitor center. The odd thing was you entered from the backside. Then I found out later you used to be able to enter. Well, you can go walk out the front side, but they used to have a boat that serviced across their big lake and now that they don't use that boat there's no way to approach it from the front from the beginning which is kind of lame because you come up from behind it uh they it looked like um jurassic park was pretty much the same as in uh, california you know the big drop is it's basically a ride to get you wet uh, they had this little pterodactyl thing for kind of like it said you had to have a kid with you so a kid and adult uh, adults getting up there wasn't going to be any good. Then you got it kind of into cartoon land. And what what was the the Canadian Mountie cartoon? Um, Dudley do right. Dudley, Dudley do right. Okay, I've got some pictures on Flickr. You have to see. And they're giving the they're giving the fat and happy salute. Uh, Tosa and I didn't go on it. It's starting to rain. I'm trying to keep my camera dry, waiting for him to come off. It said it was a 20 minute wait. 40 minutes later, and and I learned that Universal doesn't know how to judge a queue. If it says 10, it's 20. If it says 20, it's 40. They were way off in their wait times. Uh, only one attraction was close, and we'll get to that in a minute. So then you had this kind of cartoon area. It didn't impress me for theming at all. So, so far, I'm pretty impressed by the theming until we got here, and it was like cardboard cutouts. Uh, it looked like a pretty wicked water ride. It was like a flume ride, but you came down this hill when in this big pit, and then up and over a, a bump, and if if it wasn't locked in on the sides, it would have went skidding off the second or the first rise. And you'd have to see the pictures to kind of see what I mean to keep the logs down. Um, but they came off soaking wet, and then Toast put quarters in this little machine to squirt water at them when they were coming around the loop. <laughs> so he ensured that they were very wet. Uh, so the fat and happy salutes went up when they came off the attraction. And uh, so you had some more cartoon land. Then you got into kind of a different cartoon area, like the, mo well, I won't say modern, but uh, the like Marvel type comic books. You, uh, so they had big, huge, oversized kind of cutouts of, let's say, Superman and, and other things uh, of that nature. The Superman attraction, 
was nothing short of mind-boggling. It's uh, take a dark ride, IMAX screens, and an, I'm just going to call it an Indiana Jones kind of vehicle. You could almost say take Star Wars, cut the top off of it so you can see out, have the big IMAX, which is not unlike the Star Trek attraction in Florida, but now it moves and it tilts and it does all kinds of things. And there's a there's a couple scenes, if you will, where you're supposed to be lifted to the top of a skyscraper. That just blows your mind. And it's also 3D, so you wear 3D glasses through the whole thing. So is this starting to sound like any attraction coming to Disneyland soon and Walt Disney World? Um, I hear crickets, so is that... 3D glasses, where you think... Are you trying to intimate that it's going to be the Midway Mania game? Maybe, intimate? Yeah. Not really, but infer or imply that some of what they're doing on that could be like this. you got 3D, you've got uh, what they're calling a uh, dark ride on steroids almost. A, 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 Wait, where did uh, any of the Toy Story Mania or Midway Mania leaks have you seen or heard or read that they're, you're going to have to wear glasses? How would you do 3D without glasses? What's going to be 3D? Well, even Al Lutz, who I never trust anyways, said something here about 3D when I, when I whizzed through his stuff. I've heard 3D for a long time now. Am, am, I, on, am I on drugs? Well, but moving uh, on. I, the, the attraction is awesome. Spider-Man is awesome. That's, and it's old. It's, it's been there quite a while, according to Earl. Um, surprised Disney hasn't done anything similar to it. It's... it's well, in fact, we got off and went right back on because there was no wait at all. Awesome attraction. Then there was the Hulk, another, you know, um, I forgot which manufacturer the attraction, but a lot of the guys, oh, yeah, that's an arrow or that's a, you know, whatever. They, I, um, itamin, 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 I can't say So that. I didn't write that, and then we, it was raining. About, that was about in, it for the day. So could Harry Potter work, and could they do it correctly? If they have the same people that did the, the park originally – and they spend the same kind of money, potentially. I still think Jurassic Park falls short. Uh, their Dudley Do-Right area falls short. But a lot of the other areas, it's just... Um, a, a lot of people think Animal Kingdom is one of the finest detailed parks. Plus that a little bit uh, in some areas. Some areas very weak. But overall, it's an interesting park. Uh, to go in a big circle is kind of... Lame, I think, and I guess Earl says they don't run the boats across the the lake anymore. Uh, so it's a big trip around the whole park. Uh, but other than that, you know, it was enjoyable. If I go back again, will I do it again? Probably not. Now, unless the kids insist that they wanted to go see it, probably not. So, so right. that doesn't have, it doesn't have the repeat power like not would have. not for me. No. Yeah. Now for Bob. You know, he forgets Disney World's there when he goes to Florida, and he just ends up at uh, Universal. <laughs> yeah, you know, character flaws. What can we say? So, uh, should we move on to uh, Al Lutz's Dream World? Well, okay. While you were telling your story of your trip to Islands of Adventure and Universal Florida, I was hitting the boards, and Toast has already made the DPN aware of Al Lutz and his defender of mediocrity business. So who reads Tosa's uh, post anyways? 
Well, he's got 11 responses. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> just give he's tore it. You know, Toast, he seems pretty unhappy. To- well, you think- come on. That's his mantra. If Toast was happy, <laughs> he wouldn't be okay. Toast. Okay, but here, the, the, the thread title is Al Lutz's ego knows no bounds. And he's saying. Oh, uh, give him his, that. <laughs> yeah. His position is that. Um, Al, eh, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read all the threads. It's on there. Al Lutz ego knows no bounds, and he's pretty much bashing the whole uh, defender mediocrity um, concept. Oh well, okay. So I I think Al Lutz has a little bit going here because there are those out there who do do that. Um, Obviously, Al Lutz has never been to the DPN because we'd be the poster child for not taking kind of crap. Uh, Correct. Now, by the way, page two on the outlets uh, mantra of the day uh, has the thing about uh, there's no worry that people won't understand what type of ride this is supposed to be. And then when they do experience the state-of-the-art 3D wow factor, this one has resulted to be a very positive for DCA. And they're talking about the uh, the dark ride. So Yeah. I've been hearing... 3D for a long time. I don't. I don't know why you haven't. So, yeah, I I think they're trying to do it without glasses, though. Okay, I'm not I get the quite impression. sure. Other than you know, instead of a cutout type dark ride like a, uh, well, uh, I'm trying to think what attraction would have the kind of cutouts you use. You know, 3D sculpted figures. I mean, I don't know how you can do 3D without. 3D glass. I don't know. You know, okay, to get a 3D effect, you look through something, right? Well, if you, you get look a multi-plane through... camera type thing, you might be able to, but I don't see. Well, okay, but, you know, you look through a polarizing filter or something, so you can do a 3D effect where, yeah, where are those the glass be... filters going to be. They're not on your eyeballs. No, but, they, you know, I'm just saying, I didn't, I've never read anywhere it has to be glasses. It can be oh, something so else. you're just disputing the, you having to wear glasses, not the correct Okay. Correct. So, do we want to continue on uh, mediocrity, or do we want to go on to something else? Well, okay. I, I just I just want to read the one phrase that I think has merit out of the whole thing. Did toast take the air out of your bubble? A little, but you know it's fine because there you're getting better discourse, and it's a more it's it's a more immediate response to what's going on, which I think is better anyway. If we always if we never did a show because someone else had already talked about it, we wouldn't have a show. Correct, correct. Well, you know, this is, we bitch about other people's well, what they <laughs> say, you know. All right. You know, the, the thread on the DPN has lots of good points. And, and Toast's whole thing is that it's that it's Al Lutz is asking people to attack those whose opinion is different from Al's. Okay? And I, That's I where, it took Toast all day. I bet he didn't go to work today. But he spent all day <laughs> fabricating that response. I, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask him directly. Well, I know if you're in Disney World right now, that would mean he'd be back in his room rather than in the parks uh, doing this. But anyways, that's a whole other subject. All right. So he, he Toast thinks this is an ego, an ego play by Al Lutz and that he's encouraging people to snipe on others whose opinions don't agree with Al's. Okay, let's look blah, at Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. okay Al, that's fine. Al's website is ego-driven. Would we agree? Correct. Is Correct. our show ego-driven? Yes. Is what? We have a point to make. Yeah. Every well, goddamn thing in the world is ego driven. You've got a reason to say it, otherwise, shut your hole. 
I mean, if other, you know, everything comes from some little bit of ego or not, all right? If you think you're right, there's ego involved. Just ask Richard. Okay. Uh, okay. Hey. Okay. I'll, I'm buying it so far. Okay. okay. So is Toast not going the other direction with his ego and saying he's right? Sure. Okay. So what's the sure. fucking problem okay. here? Everybody's is... right or everybody's got their opinion about this. So let's discuss there... it. There isn't. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, you know, if yeah. – never mind. If you read it, you'll see that Toast kind of agree with you that Al's full of crap. <laughs> Granted, I, I think he's full of crap, and that's my ego saying which, that. Which but your opinion. But I think right. you're right that you go to some of these forums, especially like the Mice Age and some of these, though you see a lot of complaining, you also see a lot of the oh, – I love it, man. This is great. The wand. Oh, wow. That's, all, that's awesome, man. Defender of mediocrity. That's Al's term. A DOM. Okay, so I. I I, Okay, now you say. Wait, wait, wait. You say he's never. He's never gone or read DPN or been to DPN. Oh, I'm I'm saying that sarcastically. I really don't know, but I'm saying. How much want to bet he knows the term DF? What's that? How much want to bet he knows the term DF? Everybody knows what DF means in the. You know. I wonder if the term DF has made it into Al's little mice chat. Well, I since I can't stand mice chat, I never go look. But if you want to go find it, do a, right. you know word search for DF in there. Uh, I'm going to because <laughs> I remember some people. I, use I'm it intrigued. As Greek, some use it as dumb. Yeah, French guy. Um, dumb yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you see? I mean, the, did you see? I, I I don't know if too many people I, caught I, this, I, but I posted a picture for the food and wine festival, and this year's. Let's say poster child for the food and wine on all their well, not on everything is the stinking rat from Ratatouille, right? Yeah. So I posted a picture that said the food and wine festival, food fit for a French rat. (laughs) Now I don't know, but something about a rat and the food and wine and the cheese, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. It's the first time I've ever been to food and wine, so I don't know if they pick a character every year, but something about having the rat. For food and wine didn't seem right to me, but I realize it's a Disney character. But all right, well, you can't search mice chat for DF because has to be three characters. Oh, oh well. But I, I think he he's I, half right here because there are those who just you know praise everything. You've seen it. Oh, I love the Mickey uh-huh. wand. I love the sorcerer's hat. I love DCA. Now, granted, I like lots of DCA and I have a good time there. I've also said it's not the best place in the world they've ever done. So am I a defender of mediocrity because I like portions of it? I I don't know. But by our standards, maybe I am. Um, I also don't go to City Hall every freaking day I'm in the park to complain about mediocrity. And you got, you know, like mouse tunes, frankly, every episode. Hey, if you see a light bulb out, you know, if you see shit on the floor too long, uh, go say something about it. I mentioned one time that I went to frickin' City Hall and it wasn't a mon- it wasn't a cry for everybody to go and complain about everything and I got shit on a an iTunes review because I said we happened to stop by because we walked out and there was no line during all that pirates crap um, and remember when you and I walked by Mike the line was like practically out the town square yeah we happened to walk by and there was nobody there well, you know what we'll go in and we'll just express our frustration we didn't complain we just you know, made five points nicely of, you know, what had happened. And they were very accommodating. I never have advocated 
bitching and moaning to City Hall. And I get called on it. And a lot of these other dipwads do it all the time. And people are like, oh, they're so right. It just, well, you know, I, it's a I, I, think, I think part of the frustration on this, though, is that seems to be the main thing is the MySage everything is just become a form just to nitpick and just complain about everything. Yeah, we nitpick and we complain, but we do it at a halfway intelligent. We're not telling people to go nick, but we're just making observations on things and what we think things should be going on on there. I don't think it's so much that we're trying to be out there. Like, we made that one comment when we were talking about uh, security going through and everything. They're encouraging people to go find ways. on it. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't go causing the problem. Hey, Richard, 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 stop for a second. I know exactly what you're talking about because we talked about it, but the people out there listening don't know because you stopped in the middle of three sentences to not complete one train of thought of what they were talking about. I can do, I can finish your sentences because I've known you for, <laughs> I don't want to say how long. <laughs> say it. But let's uh, see. It, 25. Yep, 25 years. Okay. But the people out longer. there. In, no, longer than, that. Land, longer than that. Yeah, actually longer than that. People in 29 years, people in podcast land don't know these things. So when you're talking about how Mice Chat encouraged people to try to take things through the security checkpoints they shouldn't is where you were getting, but you ended yes. before that. Um, so anyway. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is there, there's a point of where you can have intelligent conversation about it and say, yeah, here. like, well, maybe not here. You know, the wand. Hey. You know, we don't care for the wand. That's kind of stupid. It, it might have been a neat idea, but it just really didn't work out. I, right. I personally hate the hat over at at uh, over at the uh, Disney MGM Studios. But then when you start getting into nitpicking about, okay, go complain to City Hall, like you were just saying, go complain to City Hall and everything else about every little, you know, every light bulb that's going out. All the now, credit card little folders all have the same yeah. stamp on them. Yeah, oh, my God, the, the world's stuff. over. Now, now you're getting into the point of you've, begun, you've gone past the point of saying, hey, that is kind of a, that's kind of lame to the point of now I'm being lame about it. Okay. And this guy thinks he's the, um, what's, the what, uh, what's the watchdog of the... Uh, that's Jim Hill. Jim Hill. No, 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 no. Not Jim Hill. I'm not even talking about Disney. The one that uh, got his name by, uh, uh, was it the Pinto or the... Uh, oh, Nader. Nader. Not Nader. Yeah, I mean, Nader. Al West thinks he's the... Uh, uh, Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader of Disney. That, you know? that is, I, I would say that's a perfect analogy of it all. Okay. Thank you, Richard. Okay, some things like the hat and the wand are personal aesthetic. Okay. Well, you know what? There's some art. So it is aesthetics. So it's a very. They're subjective. They're subjective, and you can you know, argue all day long. You're never going to be right or wrong because it's aesthetic. But cleanliness. How soon does a sweeper come up and pick up that spilled popcorn or that trash on the ground? Is is not. That's a standard that Disney used to ascribe to that has slipped. In some regard, there's things of that nature that I agree needs to be okay. But that's not what uh, he's talking about here. I don't think anybody's on the boards going, "Oh God, I love it when I see popcorn on the ground for five minutes." 
That's not no, 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 no. They're they're they'll be BNMing about broken effects. Right. Well, let's, why let's... don't they close the doors of Big Thunder anymore? Why doesn't the gas when the lasers overload on the Star Speeder three thousand? Where's the dry ice spewing out of that like it used to? Where's the? I mean, those are things that they'll nitpick about. Burnout lights. You've already mentioned. Hey, I, but, I, I don't get I, the I, hamburger the thing is, and all that shit at McDonald's anymore. Hey, you know, <laughs> times change. You know, I, sure. I, I will agree. But, you know, you when, know when, Alex, when the, when the get a freaking the... management degree, get a freaking job at Disney, work your freaking way up to the top, and change the fucking program. Otherwise, hey, relax listen, a little bit. When, when, <laughs> when Disneyland has set the bar of expectation to a certain level and has maintained that bar of expectation for, well, 35 years, and then it starts to slide. How long? Yes. Only the, I, I say 35 years. I say after you, the 35th anniversary. For 35 years they did it, but for the last 15 years they have fallen short. Slowly, yes. Okay. Yes. I, and some of, it, some of it we know is DF-ish, and some of it we know is legit. Okay? I, I, okay, I will agree. There are certain things that are legit. There are certain things, I will agree. There are certain effects that should be working. There are certain things that are coming to cleanliness. I, you know, we can, we can sit, sit here all day long and say, well, in the old days, this wouldn't have happened on there. But as when we were mentioning at the beginning where they were talking about, oh, we've dropped the standards and there's all this tagging and graffiti going on backstage and so horrible. I'm sorry, no. Uh, it hasn't. I, my, obs- my personal observation uh, over the last 20-plus years, I haven't seen it increase or decrease. I mean, it's it's... It's there, and it's, it's, I haven't, you know, you have little flourishes where it will build up at times during some of the summer season, then drop off again. Well, that's natural because summer you're hiring that many more kids coming in out of high school. Uh, to say that suddenly it's all horrible now, that's, your, your, right. your facts aren't, aren't, aren't jiving to what the reality of, of this, what's going on out there. Well, this is a, a non business. Well, I don't know what Al Lutz does in his personal time, you know, if he holds his junk all day, if he, he does something for a living, or just sits and writes this shit. But right, just I, I find that people who actually do and run businesses have to employ people, have to answer to stockholders, have to do all this stuff. Now, I'm not making excuses for Disney because I think they have fallen short and played the bean counter role for too long in a lot of areas, but it's really easy to talk when you're just sitting typing on a, uh, a website or a blog somewhere or in an, uh, a, a podcast and you don't do anything yourself or don't um, run anything See, or have standards. You know, I think you know, that, I, you know, I actually think his website's deteriorated over the last few years. His standards are lacking. I mean, some of the pictures they show are second rate. What's this crap he's putting up here? You know, and he's <laughs> and what, in what, Google ads of and, all things. Get some goddamn real sponsors on your show. And, what's and, the deal with all this crap? One, here? one one other thing. Let me let me add on to that one. I think he's this, got. I think he's got people tithing. You know. He's got his PayPal button out there. I think that's how he's making. Uh, one, I don't one, think one Google's ads. And you know. Greg comes in and makes makes a point because well, Greg's gone into management and he has to figure out all those different things of being able to handle it. 
Disney, especially Disneyland, has kind of be, become a victim. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's become somewhat of a victim of its success. You go back 15 years ago, where you're talking about 15 years ago, it was done a little bit better. Well, 15 years ago, we were about 15% of the size that we are today. We, what do you mean? We, 50% of size? What are you talking about? What 15% of what? Land mass? No. Back then, we, Disneyland literally had, during the winter season, less than 4,000 people working around the park. Okay, so you're talking and employees. You had, a, okay. you, had, okay. you, had a, you had a management that knew everybody's name and what their family's names are and everything. You had more of a family-oriented environment, which was the way, quote-unquote, Walt had built it up. They knew uh, everybody's okay. name. Wait, wait, wait. They knew everybody's <laughs> name because those people could actually read a name tag. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Over the last over the last fifteen years, now you have you have this conglomerate. I'm, and I'm not even talking about the studios or anything. Yet. Just Disneyland Resort itself now has. Oh, about, Richard, you put the R on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to. You have over uh, you know twenty three, twenty four thousand people. You have a management that by you know. Hook or crook, it, it's completely separated from the people that are working the park. They're in this whole little world their own, doing management type stuff. And is that good or bad? Well, personally, I don't particularly care for. I like the old days. I reminisce about the old days. But the facts are that's the way it is today. And you do have this management that's kind of separated from everything. Okay, because it's a fact, doesn't make it right. Okay, he didn't. So see yes, it was. he was just stating. Okay, all right now. I think I think Mr. Lutz is reverse engineering his story, all right? Because you know he may not know per, by personal firsthand observation what the graffiti situation is. He's trying to reverse engineer a story or an angle that the graffiti's bad because the hiring standards are low because they have such high turnover. Okay, I think that's what caused him so to. So what he's doing that. is like ABC. He's creating <laughs> he blow a story. Up, blow, there is blow up the truck. Well, okay. The fact that okay here fact high turnover. Okay. No one knows why. That's a fact. Wait, did you say no uh, one they, knows why? Well, okay. They're not paying enough. Well, that's right? a speculation. And then, okay. and then even the, I, it, that's my spe- I mean that's my speculation. Is it really that crappy to work there? I okay. Mean, well, let's, let's take that. You pay here. someone enough, and they're and they're willing to take the shit from the from the guests who are pissed off all day long. Let's let's, right. take, let's take that real fast. Just the high, the quote unquote, the high turnover. Now, I'm not defending. I'm not. I will agree. I I would personally like to make more money and everything. And I'm sure everybody would. But no, that's is evil. It so much, you can't make I, more money. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm a capitalist, pure and simple. But is it so much that we're having a high turnover rate compared to 10, 15 years ago? Well, 10, 15 years ago, we had literally less than a third of what we have now is it so much that we have is it just that the high turnover rate is we look at as a high turnover rate because we have that many more people we need but yeah quite frankly in in our day like when i got hired full-time security off the street that was a rarity to get hired yes it was time um, without spending years as a casual and a a temp and how big was your department then 50 i was like 51st person or something like that and how big is the department now? It's over 600, or just under 600, last I heard. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, here, no, what I'll, we really I'll need is a comparison by um, a Walt Disney World cast member. 
In fact, I've never seen cast members move from department to department as much as I've seen or heard Walt Disney heard. cast members constantly moving locations. But I, I have, I've got to think that they have a high turnover rate, but it's not categorized as one because they call it seasonal because college programs go in and out. But there is a turnover because your college one year doesn't mean you might not come back the next year or maybe you yep. do. Uh, yeah, the when, college programs at yeah. Disneyland as well. You get that large and you have to employ that many people. And quite frankly, society is what it is today, especially in the area that it is. It's very expensive to live here. Um, you know, what do you do? I mean, they're, they're part of... I'm not making an excuse, but there's just some reality that we have to learn to live with. And we all are stockholders of some small portion or the other. Uh, we don't want, we want to see as much stockholder return. That's what the board of directors is all about. And the CEOs is return. Would the return go up? They're going to put a billion dollars supposedly into DCA. What kind? Okay, that's just more than what they put into it originally. Well, a billion dollars is that sounds right. like a government job, right? We never have really? time to do it right the first time. We that's always have right. time to fix it. If I remember right, <laughs> when Euro Disneyland opened, it cost roughly a billion dollars, and people were like complaining that Disney, Euro Disney, was in the in the hole for like the first five years or whatever it was. I'm like, how can you invest a billion dollars and expect to make that back in the first year? No, 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 no. The, the problem with the problem with EDL wasn't that it wasn't making money. The problem was the gate wasn't what they were expecting the first year it was open. Okay, now, they're expecting so many turnstile clicks. Hold on, and now. that did, a, and that didn't materialize. Just characterizing something here because that park, if I remember reading right, and I'm pretty sure I do, had the largest first year attendance than any other of the parks before it. Okay. Regardless if it's the the most that they've ever had up until then, it wasn't what they were expecting. Okay. That's because Does, you're you're projecting on paper what you hope to get in returns. Correct. Two different things. But that doesn't mean that the park wasn't successful. And no, also, no, no, no. No one was saying. No one was saying the park oh, wasn't yeah, successful. They were they were saying it was a you know yes it may be beautiful. Okay. But no, it, the head you know the, the headline might have said park not successful, but if you actually read the story. They're basing their statement of not successful on, oh, we're expecting, I'm throwing out a number that I know is not correct. We're expecting a million turnstile clicks. We only got 750,000. Fine. Fine and good. But they complained that it was losing money. In fact, even Roy complained. Well, again, again, a reverse reverse engineered story. We're taking a fact, not as many turnstile clicks, and we're going to say, oh, we're going to extrapolate from that that it's crap. Even Roy Disney complained to Eisner that you finally, you know, Euro Disneyland's finally turned around. And you're starting to build the Disney Studios with, I think, what, one attraction or something over there, um, <laughs> which I have to agree with him. It's probably not the smartest idea. But there again, that mischaracterizes that that park is not doing well. You can't spend a fucking million dollars and expect to make real money on that for a while. you are you're got to go for the long-term investment. You, you don't turn your money back oh, that quick. Right. You know, that's, well, that's a what, huge what, sum of money. What what media conglomerate like the Disney company expects return? But I, you, you know, know that's, that's, I actually that's, think that's, they used a lot of that negative press for is to get the refinancing that was favorable to the company. 
which sure. they did five okay. years later, which they actually brought the uh, Disneyland Paris into black ink several years ahead of schedule because they were able to do the refinancing and get themselves reset back into a better position. I also really he, do believe that a lot of the pundits that wanted to see it fail, especially a lot of the European pundits who thought it was a disgrace to be on French land, French you know, soil. Yeah. Uh, wanted to see it fail and mischaracterized a lot of um, the issues. We do know, or they have found out, if I remember right, that the European tourists don't seem to take as much crap home. Uh, they don't uh, well, want to buy the food as much. But some of the shit's expensive over there. One, uh, one of the other things, that, if I remember correctly from reading some of the articles, was that there was a larger expectation of how many people were going to be staying on the resort property. And they had a couple extra hotels that they had opened, but it had already, by, when it had opened up the parks and everything, had already gone past the quote-unquote travel season, tourist season, so the hotels weren't filling up. They were only going, getting 10 and 15% when Disney hotels are used to getting at least 60 or 70 or more. Yeah, and I think they sold management rights off or even outright sold some of those hotels. But Yeah, part, and, it's, it's, and it's, they ended up closing a couple of hotels, and that hit big headlines that Disney wasn't doing good. When it, again, it was just kind of the perception of it. It was a mistake that we opened the hotels up early, and it was a mistake to open up when, well, is it a mistake? We talked about that when, with the opening of Walt Disney World in October. It kind of ran for about a month before they had the actual official opening going on. Was that a mistake? Well, it was a, soft. Know, in the, it was a soft opening. It gave, it gave them a chance to get things up and running before they had the big crowds coming in. It actually so. struggled for the first few years, though you'll, you don't hear very many people talk about it. Uh, it did struggle in its first few years, and uh, Ron Dominguez brought that to light in a recent article when he was talking about trying to get money to do something at Disneyland during, during the same period of time. There was a period of time in the early 70s that nothing was going on at Disneyland, nothing new. Status quo was going on, but there was no money for any new attraction, and that's because all the money had went east, and they were struggling out there getting the resort going. So... Sometimes when I hear people complain about today, like, oh, you know, Eisner in the last 10 years didn't spend any money or they neglected this or that. Go back to the old timers when they had to get through some lean times uh, in the park when they were struggling in the beginning. And you'll find a lot of similar stories just framed a a little differently. And, you know, I, I kind of get tired of all the Eisner bashing still because... You, all three of us have sat here. We we all know what the what it looked like back in the early '80s, just as Eisner and uh, Frank Wells were coming up to bat for the company, and what the turnaround and how in the '80s and the '90s the company just exploded into one of the largest conglomerates that there are. And people forget about that, and they just kind of assume, oh well, we're not doing good this month. Well, they forget about the other 300 and some months that the company was just doing. You know all the stock splits and everything else. Yeah, I, I know, but that's that's just the way people are. There, it's like what's front page today and gets corrected on the back page in two weeks. No one knows about it. You know, and all they remember is a sensational headline of you know whatever the problem was, and they never hear the remedy because it, it doesn't really matter to them. The story was the initial shock value. And you don't always get the follow-up, or if you do, it's buried, and you know, people move on. But um, 
I don't know. I, I say I think Al's got it fifty-fifty here because I, 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 there are those who are just anything. You know, this this goes for uh, politics. This goes for religion. Um, yeah. Right now, <laughs> I mean, if if you were a Catholic in San Diego and the the pastors are asking you to give money to bail out the the freaking sex offender priest. What about San Diego? What about L.A.? They're clo- They're now saying they have to close out that one school in L.A. Well, because that, they but can't okay, there's a difference. Running. They're selling off versus asking you in the pew to share the burden <laughs> because those guys couldn't keep their their, their junk in their pants. You know? So, you know, and, and in politics, you know, I I am right wing. I, I admit that. But there are some things that Bush is doing, especially with immigration, that just pissed the hell out of me. Now, lately, for some reason, they got a hair up their ass, and they're actually deporting some people, which I, I'm, Good. I'm dancing a jig here. But, <laughs> you know, it's got to be consistent. It's got to be done right. You know, there's balance in all I'm this. And, glad I'm not at the studio tonight watching you dance a jig. That's right. So yeah. I, I, you see that both left and right, religions, wherever, and it's in Disney also. Some, I mean, the DFs, you know, a lot of it. It can't go wrong for them. They're in fat and happy land. I mean, they're like, they're just like la 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 la, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I wanted to go back. You talk about shareholder expectations, yes, right? Um, in the concept of every year, earnings per share has to go up. Otherwise, a company is considered a failure. Well, I don't personally and, believe and, that, but I do believe a lot of people believe that. Well, well, you know, that's and I'll, I'll agree with Greg. I personally, I don't believe that myself. Okay. but a lot of people do. I, you know that's that's the Wall Street Journal and those financial you know well that's I guess. the spur investments so again the Wall Street Journal is a decent rag but there's an agenda the Wall Street Journal is very pro say capitalism investment um, if you're going to move your money around you're hoping to have your money where things are happening you're not looking for well some people the day trading hopefully that's kind of hit the Site, yeah, but, I, the, but people just are looking the, for. They know Disney's going to return X by the end of the year. I'll invest in it. If I've got to wait for Disney for five years, I might not have that kind of time. I'll go with you know Kleenex. Which, Everybody's got to blow their nose, so I'm going with Kleenex. Which is kind of the attitude that the stock market has had for the last. Well, going back 10, 15, 20 years now, is that everybody has to have, it's the MTV thought that you have to have instant gratification. It used to be, and it's still supposed to be, you go into the stock market for initially the long haul. This is to invest that you're going to have constant money coming in. So, you know, if you have a constant 5% coming in on, or 6% coming in on your uh, investment, that's supposed to be good, but people are going in and saying, "Well, I need a bigger, I need a bigger return each year." It has to keep coming more. It's that, that instant gratification yeah. kind that's of thing. That's society change. I, you know, him, Richard, one of one of the my best friends in security, which best friends, and I haven't seen him in a long time, but we shared the same birthday, so you know who he is. Um, his dad was an insurance seller or a, a broker, insurance salesperson, whatever you want to call him. Did very well for a very large, well-known, well-established, couple hands out type of insurance company. Um, he noticed a big change about ten years ago. Um, I should take it back. Maybe it's been fifteen. You used, you know, it used to be that a person bought their insurance through you, and then they bought their car and their life. And you just kind of went to one place, and then you know what? Most likely, your kids came there too because that's where your parents have been. Now you've got Geico, you've got uh, 
you know, progressive. You got all these different people promising you cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. People jump Which, ship yearly, uh, sometimes bi-yearly, to keep trying to get the better deal on insurance and all this. People aren't loyal in the long-term sense the way they were a generation ago. And this goes, now, let me take this going back into the whole management idea. When I was talking about how uh, Disneyland has expanded so rapidly into this, this massive state and everything, you have all these new managers in here, and we've talked about this a couple of times where I think I've talked about it with some people at, at, the, uh, at work, but I think we've talked about it. You have all these young managers. They're coming in, and they're not coming in for the long haul of saying this is a career. They're coming in to get something put on a resume. They really don't care how their decisions might affect the Disneyland show one way or the other. They're just there to make decisions, get on their resume, and be able to jump ship, go to the next job. Do you actually believe that, or have you been told that? Where have (laughs) you, um, you know, uh, created this opinion or, uh, you know, fostered this opinion? What's what's driven you to that? Where have I gotten that from? I have gotten that from because I've watched a lot of these uh, uh, 20-year-old wonders coming into management. They've come in, you know, they'll come in in their mid-20s after taking their management courses. They'll stay literally about three or four years, and then suddenly they're going off to work for some other company. You know, is there a possibility that a lot of these kids shouldn't have been there in the first place, didn't know what the hell they were doing, and they finally get found out and they move on? Well, they're, they're, it could be that way, but uh, you have an awful lot of them that are they're coming in, and they literally are coming in to the job while they're still searching for other jobs going down the line. But this was a, And they'll, they openly state that, oh, yeah, but this is going to really look good on my resume. Well, that's fine, but what about the old days of where you had some long-term commitments going I mean, in? I, I buy that. I just kind of wanted you to quantify it because sometimes you make things up, and I want to see why you... Thank you very much. Now, isn't Disney probably recruiting from these schools, too, because they need management, and they're heavily out there recruiting to management schools? And uh, and I know in the architecture field, uh, you know, when San Luis Obispo has an open house, man, everybody's running up there. Everybody wants the new, young, best, and brightest to come, you know, support their firm. And then when the guy leaves in three years because he... He's, you know, the, the move up the ladder is slow at a firm. He wants to jump ship to, you know, probably one, make more money, two, get other opportunities. And you're like bummed because you invested money in the training to him and, and nurturing him. But, you know, that's life. Yeah, I, I, you know, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know how much Disney has been recruiting on the outside to get some of these kids in. I know an awful lot of them have been coming from the outside. I've been watching a lot of people. Now, I, I will include myself that I've tried for some of these things, but I'm not going to use myself as an example. I've watched some other people that have had some pretty good qualifications that have been passed over on some of these things than they've hired from the outside. Uh, I don't know if that's something that the company has been, if that's something that they're <laughs> doing actively or not, I couldn't say. It's just an observation. But I have seen a lot of these kids that have come in and they're just, Oh, this is works great on my resume, and they're in here. They're in about two or three years later. Poof, they're gone, and it's not something that, at least that I've seen, that 
they were in any trouble or anything. It's just, oh, I found a better job, and this is exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to get this on the resume to be able to say, yeah, I can go on and do on something else. And you probably don't want those guys anyways. But, I mean, it is a simple fact that there are, I mean, but, you especially look at a company like Disney that's large, and you want to move, you know, let's say you're, you're a real, you know, aggressive guy, and you want to move up. And Disney doesn't offer you the opportunity. You go somewhere else, and you might end up. Some of those people, and I've seen this in architecture a lot. Um, I'm at Firm A. I've been there four years, and I might get a promotion to the next level. I've been doing the work of the next level for a while. It's kind of a test, but they, they haven't given me the title. They haven't given me the raise. Okay, I finally make it there, and I get the raise. And you're like, wow, that's all they pay. Hey, Joe Blow calls me from from B, who used to work with me at Firm A. He gets me to come over there. For more money in the same position, plus a signing bonus that he might split with him, uh, all kinds of little things going on in the in the world. Sometimes he jumps ship. Two years later, he comes back to Ferme again, higher yet again. <laughs> That's Dilbert <laughs> back in the first place. If he would have got to the third level, he just got to in the same firm by never leaving, he would probably make three quarters, half of what. He's making now because he's went outside and come back. And that's true. And that goes on to the question of does Disney pay enough to keep the people that they have there happy? Well, you know, everybody's now, level of happiness is different. You obviously have been there for 20 years, uh, though you complain a lot. You've, you've got a home. You've got you know, the wife and kids. Uh, you take uh, you know, enough vacations to choke a chicken. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, this has been going to Florida how many times this year? <laughs> it's been 20, almost five years since I've been there. So, you know, I'm making up for lost time. Oh, weren't you there last year, too? Uh, you heard? Did you hear what I said? It had been almost 25 years since I'd been, and I'm making up for lost time. Uh-huh. So, so but... Between you know, 1986 it, and 2005, I never went to Florida. Uh-huh, okay. It was like a trip to San Diego, a trip to Arizona, little small a trip trips. To, a, a trip to Hawaii. Uh, uh, Hawaii was when I was <laughs> in the Air Force in 1997, maybe. Uh, no, 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 I was already out of the Army. 1980, I was 84, maybe. That's that's even longer ago. But what I was kind of going towards is, you know, you, I will say uh, Ed Greer, who's the current president over Disneyland, has been with the company for 25 years. You have uh, uh, a couple people that are there that have been a long time, but you have an awful lot of middle managers that have only been with the company for just a few years. And these are the people that are making a lot of the decisions that have really don't have any of the, uh, what do you want to say, the historical perspective on things, on why things happen the way they do. They just come in with their own. And I'm not saying that's bad because this is just what happens. You get new managers that come in with new ideas. They are going to run the thing, the show the way they look at it. But I think No Doubt has it right a little bit with that song, The Tragic Kingdom. Some of the employees and managers have a false sense, and almost what kind of what outlets, well, that's kind of not the outlets, this is just the blind Disney mantra. They think they know what Walt wanted, and I think they suffer from the uh, Don Tatum card walker years of what would Walt have done versus actually making a decision 
and taken a risk on their decision. Uh, they tried to, you know, channel Walt or put their, you know, uh, you know, their self in his position and think what would he do? And well, he only did this or only he did that and everything outside the box. Uh, and they just drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, there's Kool-Aid drinking cast members. I mean, I could honestly say, and I, I, I can't get an example at the moment, that based on the statement you just said, where some people don't understand the history of why we used to do things and this and that, there's some false history been created by cast members who think they remember how it was really done. Oh, that's only too true. You and I have t- discussed that before, well, I think too. it's true within this circle also, um, what are you saying? What are you saying? I, oh, I'm saying sometimes I think Richard creates a false sense of what things used to be, or his he's applying what his morality or his um, not morality. It's not the right word. Me, um, me. Yeah, well, right now you're the example. Mister, you don't, Mister. You don't know what you're talking about. That it would never happen. What would never happen? Well, uh, you're always you're always referring to this book or that thing and everything else. That's never happened. Blah 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 blah. Oh, it's some like, of the yeah. I just saw his yeah. book listed here. The uh, the uh, always Walter. I will also always want to say. No, some of the stories he has in that book. When I, he was on Bill Handles, I'm like, I, I was there. That didn't happen. No, I'm talking I don't, about. I don't think. Um, I, don't think uh, I don't think that that uh, we've we've talked plenty of times before of saying that there, you know, Walt's dead. Uh, you have to move forward and things get done. And it's not going it to necessarily, we don't necessarily know what Walt would have done because he always went against the grain on a lot of different things. It's just, and that was one of the reasons why, as much as people like to bash Eisner, one thing I liked about him was he did move forward and he did do a lot of and he tried a lot of different things. But you, you constantly say mental management doesn't understand the history of why we do these things. What I'm saying is sometimes I think people who've been there, I don't want to say too long, but sometimes long enough, have kind of distorted what they think it should be or how it should be done. I.e., tell a story to Mike. And then have that story told to 20 other people, and then I'm the last person, and I heard the story told to the, the second person. Telephone. It, yeah, it will create a whole new story by the time it, it gets back to me. But. Pirates. Think, but. <laughs> Pirates. Pirates. Oh, never Pirates. mind. But. But pirate. Do you know what but pirate is, Richard? Oh. <laughs> However. <laughs> yeah, throw something on that, uh, jerk. <laughs> However, I think it's 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 what we've kind of talked about was there has been a noticeable difference on certain things that were like Mike was saying, what things looked like, how things were taken care of at one point in the history compared to how things were taking place at another point of history. And I think some of that comes in that you have a younger management that might be might not be as finely tuned to what the needs are that have been met in the past, or a newer management that those aren't the priorities they're going to come up with anymore. And, you know, 
paint jobs, keeping the park clean, keeping uh, certain areas in repair, their priorities might have been shifted because in the past, this was always the thing that was driven into you when you've been in the company is you got to keep this type of standards going, blah, blah. You have fr- you have this newer, younger ideas of, well, we need to re- rephrase our priorities or reset our priorities on how things get done. And I'm not saying it's, you know, you can sit here and say, well, you know, that's business. That's how business runs. Well, exactly. That is how business runs. I'm not saying it's good, it's bad, but those are going to cause changes. And I think yeah, well, those I are almost, some of the changes people are concerned about at I times. I almost feel like we've skipped a generation at the park. You've got the real old timers. You've got the new kids. But you don't have the generation gap. You don't have the missing a, link. It's a function of the turnover. It, it, it is partially... Um, but you also have a thing where, uh, you know, and I see it from what my parents taught me to what I'm trying to teach my kid and what they pick up at school and how they uh, envision their, you know, what they think they need. Um, and, you know, it's much different than it was when we were kids and what we saw. But, Richard, I can go back to Clipboard George. <laughs> um, when I started in... 1988. I wish there was an internet. We barely had what's it bulletin boards, and I think AOL might have just got going a few years after that. I don't remember when it started. But if I could have taken pictures of backstage areas and on stage areas and put them on a bulletin board or a site like Al Lutz, I could have become Al Lutz. Though I don't think I would have wanted to. And Clipboard George used to bitch and moan how, you know, Eisner was the Antichrist and look at all this lack of maintenance, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm sorry, but at that point, Eisner had barely been there four years. And some of the, the rot and decay that I saw that people were complaining about were not four years of lack of maintenance. In fact, I would put it at, let's see, let me... Yeah, we've talked about this before, like 10, 15 years of lack of maintenance. Basically, since someone started to uh, push up daisies, you know, (laughs) or maybe it might even push Uh it not quite that far back, but basically since the East Coast operation started and there was more than one place to focus on. I'm sorry, but the split focus and the resources being spread thinner, though the parks were still bringing people in and they were still making money. I mean, obviously, when Eisner came in, uh, a guest paying $12 an hour paid everybody's wages. I mean, a guest paying $12 to get in the gate paid everybody's wages. Uh, they were yes. able to increase the, the, uh, uh, the intake or the, um, uh, well, they, they were able to line the coffers a little more when they started raising the cost, but we didn't necessarily see that equate into the parks directly, but it did help the company overall. And I'm sure it helped fuel some of the purchases and uh, some of the salaries, um, things like that, of the executives, but we didn't always see it say trickle down. Um, Good, bad, whatever. It's just, it's a fact. And no matter what we think, I challenge you to go to any other theme park and call it better. That's not an excuse. Well, no, yeah, you're right. You know, Anytime you want to say, 
and, and I've done this. Anytime I feel really bad that I'm going, oh man, this is you know, I, I remember it being so much nicer, so much better. The you just go to you go to knots, you go to Six Flags, you go to any place else. It's like, oh wow, we're still doing pretty doggone good. But I'll, I'll use an example, and I, I hate using this example, especially since we're talking about Al Lutz. This was his favorite target person. It was like a lightning rod with him, and Pressler. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, the way Al handled Paul Pressler, I, Paul really didn't deserve this much, but, but Paul Pressler came in. Paul Pressler came in front with, with the merchandise background. He comes into Disneyland. And everything got really pushed hard onto the merchandise. We got rid of things like the uh, one of a kind, sh- yeah, the one of a kind shop in New Orleans. We got rid of a couple shops because those quote unquote weren't selling. He was, or they weren't the big sales. They were there more for the show than the sales. And he wanted to see sales coming off the sales floor. So, and that was where the joke came in. If you find an empty space, Plush will be there tomorrow because there was no such thing as empty space, and Plush was one of the bigger se- biggest sales items. Everything got oriented towards uh, a merchandising thought to where it was always push the merchandise, push the merchandise. I'm not saying that that was good, bad, and different. It's just that's who the man was, and that's how, that's how he was viewing a lot of the things that went on. Do you think pin training seeing... started with him? Was that under his, his uh, watch? What, pin training? Pin training started before him, I thought. I'm just asked, uh, asking. I don't... No, I think... I think pin training started with him. If it did, didn't, I thought start it started him, before him, but it exploded uh, with him. Even if it didn't, yes, it probably exploded under him. Those things probably cost what uh, Chinese labor, you know, ten cents a piece, a buck, if that know? much. If that. they have done real well. I, I mean, partly sometimes I think to the detriment. And you know what I think about the pin sharks and the pin horrors and all those, but um, you could say that's been a positive. And that has, and 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 no one can argue that sales that the sales at Disneyland skyrocketed during it's, during it's, all those just, years. It's that different. He was, it's, it's it's different. And what we were as, as a kid, we could go into shops that had some really individuality. Now there's a lot of shared merchandise with a little tiny bit of individuality. Right. Good, bad, and, or indifferent. It's working for the company, so. Is it and right that's, that's or wrong? The, it's hard to make No, no. I, okay. Long if it's about story of where I was getting to is that was have, long roundabout. Oh. You're still talking yes. about. Yes, you have new people coming in with these new <laughs> ideas. It might not necessarily be the ideas that the past would have had, but who you, you can't argue with success when it comes down to it at times. All right, but see, no one's trying to argue with the success of pin trading. Pin trading, is, I think, is harmless. All right, you got some people that, you know, like any other DF subset community, they have their. Okay, I know where you. They have their. They have their undesirable element. I was about but, show effects. Now, let me ask you that. I'll I'll go over a couple that have been kind of gnawing at me, but when you really think about it, I'll, I'll try to get your answer. Um, Toad Hall no longer billows smoke out of the chimneys, and the fireplace no longer works like it did when it first opened. Reopened in 1984, or is that right? Yeah, 1984. Right, right. Okay. Uh, no, 83. 83. Okay. Um, let me pick another one to add to that. Um, now let's just go with that for the moment. 
is that showing Disney's lack of attention to detail, and is it a major problem with how they maintain the park? Okay. I don't think it's a major problem. I think it's minor. Okay. But it is something that used to add depth that is no longer there. And it probably got axed by, oh my gosh, our earnings per share will not go up by the 10% we promised. So instead of, you know, $2.20, it's going to be just 2 bucks again this year. Holy cow. We better, you know, screw fixing that and, oh, by the way, open up the popcorn carts an hour later. Okay, now, do you think, realistically, though some middle-level or lower-level management type might actually think that will make up for, to help that 2% or whatever, do you really believe that's the reason why? And do you believe that, a child who just got her wish on uh, the the Make-A-Wish Foundation, her first and maybe only trip to the park, she's worried because the fucking popcorn stands don't open to an hour later and there's no smoke out of the toad hall. Do you think she really well, gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Pick, picking the child right. out for the Make-A-Wish <laughs> is kind of an extreme. Well, I'd I'm like pulling the Steven Spielberg card, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm using the he's trying to, he's, to, trying to, <laughs> he's trying to illustrate that someone that doesn't come very often and may not come back. Okay. Yeah, she's not going to notice. Probably not. You're right. Okay. No telling what the okay. mental state is anyway. I'm going to use a forum member, Captain Barbosa. He's kind of young, so he's never experienced the park the way we did in the 70s, 80s. And early 90s, probably. I'm guessing by roughly what I think his age is. And, uh, sorry, Captain, sure. but I'm using you as an example. You've never seen some of these effects that we've talked about. Let's say the island. He may or may not have seen the burning cabin. Um, trying to think of some other show effects that we think have laxed off. Uh, well, okay. Well, wait, wait, now let me just address your question because I, you know, now he's, aside he's a, from your that, extremism. He's a person that will return the, a lot, but he's never seen it the way we saw it. Do you think he... Okay, so he may or may not... Okay, he, he won't know the difference. You're right. He may not notice. But, but the fact that it was there and that somebody thought that the added depth was worth the effort of putting the infrastructure in should indicate that it's worthwhile keeping going. Okay. Now, okay. they put in now, a flying it's saucer right. ride now, that was now, good is, for depth it, and all this, and it didn't work. And, well, and they ripped it out. Let me, it's fine. Let me talk, let me, okay, because that was broken. It wasn't broken. Mr. It just Toad. didn't work Let me right. talk about Mr. Toad since I was, I, I was there during the time when it was there. And Mr. Toad had that wonderful effect and everything in there. But part of the thing was the boiler that makes the steam that used it in that effect, and also some of the steam that's used in the hell scene, and put the, kept going out, and they'd have to go in and repair the uh, repair the uh, the boiler. starter for the boiler, and it kept and it became a maintenance nightmare with it to the point that it came to the decision of well, we can keep spending money on this, or we can start spending money on new things and just let this one go, and that's where I think some of that decision went is. Do we keep spend, you know, putting more money into a project that, you know, you're kind of balancing it out onto 
Do we keep spending more money, more money, more money on something that's just going to keep more money, going more out money. on us? <laughs> okay, yeah. or, okay or, fine, and, fine. Or do we... if, if you're not going to fix it because it costs money and you're going to spend money on something else, then I want to see that result. Why? Why? Not, not, not just on the bottom line. I deserve to see it. Because I paid my 60, 70 bucks to get in the freaking front gate. How do you, how do you know the, you don't the, see it? How do you know you don't see it? Yeah, no, good point, Richard. How do you know? Uh, how, because, how, because, because I per, funding, okay, I don't. You're right. I, I've, I've, you know, I've come the from the funding that the funding that's been taken away from uh, Mr. Toad. We've been able to put over at the Snow White, where the Queen keeps looking out. The animation of the Queen looking out the window above the Snow White attraction. We've been okay, able to focus you on just, that. Okay, but you just you just made my point for me, Richard. I said if you're fine, if you can shut it off, spend it somewhere else, or I'm going to be yeah, but he where it's going to be. It out to you, you don't know that they're not doing it. You're assuming that they're not doing it. I don't. No, 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 no. I'm Mister Visit once every five years. I don't know what I'm missing. I, mean, I just know that I paid seventy dollars, and wow, geez. This isn't really too far removed from oh Universal oh, or now. Oh, no, 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 okay, okay. How about, yeah. <laughs> how about knots then? All right, how about knots? It's not too far removed from knots. Oh come on! I see themed- that would be like saying Splash and uh, whatever they call their log riders. So similar, that one maintenance class <laughs> to Splash, and they'll be the same. Come on! No, no, no. Pull your head out of the arse. Yeah, so come on. You brought up the, okay. the uh, thought of the but island, you, too. But you all know, okay, you both know that management by a spreadsheet, you know, closing the park an hour early on summer, restaurants don't open it when park is open. Things like that are adding up not to a positive guest experience, regardless if they know about it or not. Okay, you tell me. If the guest me. doesn't know, you're does, right. Does a hamburger but, and hot dog joint need to be open at 9 in the morning? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That shit. No, it doesn't. Nine in the morning. You're right. But popcorn freaking stand have to be. We know for a fact that Walt said the thing. The shit will stay open till the freaking gates close. Okay, even if it's two minutes to closing, you can make fresh ones that were closed in off seasons and slow time. I don't believe for a goddamn minute uh-huh. that every single popcorn. All right. Okay. They're not. They're not restaurant. Okay. They're not popcorn stands. How about? How about? Trinket stands. How about Chotsky places? I, I place to buy souvenirs. Corner, if there was one, it was closed. Oh, out on the main drag, probably not. You tell me what Chotsky stand on Main Street is closed when you're leaving. The- not Main Street. How about Small World Mall? <sighs> Chotsky stand is not there anymore. Yeah, it is. Isn't it an ice cream train? No, the ice cream train's gone. Ice cream. It's a Chotsky stand now. Ice cream train was replaced. It has. Uh, now on the opposite side of the mall, you got your frozen lemonade, your ice cream. Lemonade, yeah. Don't you know anything, Mike? Don't you pay attention to the details? Oh, please. They, <laughs> they put money into that when they didn't fix the toad thing. Can't you pay attention? Oh, yeah, yeah. They built they built the viewing stands for Light Tragic and then, you know, canceled it. But left the viewing stands there. Well, now they use it for other things. I mean, every parade now has a viewing stand. <laughs> okay. It, it's it, That's much better than... Let's say pulling out the motorboats and making it second class citizen <laughs> smoking area. You, you're obviously yeah, no going, kidding. Hmm, this used to be something. I want to. Okay. But, all right. The ultimate stand, point like, here. Oh, cool. I can step up a little bit to see over uh, the people in the parade. Yeah. 
the balding six foot four guy in front of me. Hey, With his kid on um, his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're, you're thinking okay. out rather uh, nicely up there too. Yeah. Okay. You can't argue that management by spreadsheet is. No, no, no. I'm not going to argue that. There, there is something that's supposed to be magical about your experience in Disneyland. But I'm saying that other than the DF community on the boards, most people, when they go to the park, and I, I, there's a lady at work at the new job who she saw some of my stuff on my desk. Oh, you like Disney? Yeah. They like to go. And, you know, she's. She has no idea. Uh, not really. I mean, they've been to Club 33 a few years ago, and they on and off by annual passes. And, you know, they, they just enjoy the day at the park. They're not looking because, hey, some paint is peeling or, you know, hey, that attraction's closed today. I, I wonder why. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun day in the park. It's still their childhood memories and they're trying to share them with their kids. They're not worrying about whether or not the Chotsky stand in the Small World Mall is closed, you know, a half an hour before the rest of the park. Okay. Well, uh, if I, if do, you think, do you think that's good show that a stand is closed and shuttered? Well, do you think it's a good show? Well, here, let me, Richard, let me Greg. Well, he's asking me a question, no. Richard, and I'm yes. formulating Do you, do you think it's good? Uh, well, okay, cuz it's real tough, yes or no. Well, no, I don't good I job. don't think it's a yes or no question because I think there are reasons both ways. I think you know, if historically you find that it costs you more to keep uh the small world shop let's say open because it's got Literally trinkets, nothing of really any intrinsic value. It's just shit. Um, they can get that same shit down at the Emporium, and you can funnel people out to the place that stays an hour later, open an hour later. Uh, Especially it, now since pretty much all your, all, your, all your garbage is all uniform because you don't have anything that's really unique to each right. area. Okay. But here, let me, instead, let me, Mike, let me help of, you out. Wait, wait, start. I still want Instead of baffling me with BS, answer the freaking question. Do you think it's good show to have something on stage closed? I think it depends. I can't give you a yes or no. Depends on what? I, I like I just said, if 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 a facility is designed to where it's closed, it still looks nice and it's not deteriorating, it's not falling apart. If something is closed early, now I don't agree with le- leaving a lot of this the uh, the. Uh, the popcorn and some, some of the stands in the secondary areas are there when they're not being used. That, that was something I was going to get into as well. Is that and that's a whole new new thing on the operation. There is that looks bad. I have to say that on Main those Street, things. those popcorn stands are open till the park is closed or they're. Used. Does ODV even roll carts out anymore? No, they they don't anymore. They are all brought they out don't. tractors. See, they they drag them out in trailers. In the morning, and then at night they'll take them back in on trailers. Okay, so there's no when when a ODV cart is closed, they don't take it off stage anymore. No, they just they just lock it up and leave it there. I've got a picture of one in Epcot, which is it's a I took a picture of it because it's kind of cool looking. Other than the the wussy colors they painted painted it, middle of the day, it's closed. Well, it's fine if it's that something looks- like the popcorn wagon. Remember that you had the popcorn wagons there, and there were some that just wouldn't open up, but you still had the animation running. They were still kept nice and yeah, neat. But, this but one, when you have them sitting out there, it looked all nice these and things- neat. It just looked tacky that it was closed. But yeah. it, there was no cover. You know, if you've got the Small World Mall area and you've got those shops, and you know the the vinyl or whatever comes down, they zip them closed. 
I think that looks like crap. I think late at night, close to closing, I don't have a problem with that. Now, if that was half of Main Street pulled down and shuttered, I would have an issue with it. You're t- now, if you were talking all of Adventureland, those shops are closed. I'd have a problem with it. But if it's a little tchotchke stand in the middle of the road, I- I'm okay with that. No. But that's my personal preference. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just not as bothered by that. I would be more bothered if, let's say, attractions were closed. Now, granted, they do shut <laughs> some early because well, lack of attendance or whatever. I was surprised in the Magic Kingdom when you cannot take a ride on the river after dusk. Now, Disneyland, it's a function of Fantasmic. In Florida, really? it's a function of they don't run it after dark. Well, that blows. It blows big time. But, you know, maybe, again, we've talked about this. If you can't get butts in the seats, do you keep it open? Yeah. Is it worth, I mean, there's only probably three cast members working that attraction. But do you keep it open? Well, you still gotta, you still got to burn the oil and everything else in the boiler to make the uh, engines run. So it's not, you know, you, it's the larger picture of it's not just the two or three cast members that run the attraction. It's all well, the energy. Uh, yeah. You got that, the electricity. If you can make an argument for all the shops on Main Street to be open till closed, then you should be able to make the argument for attractions to stay well, open till no, closed. Because regardless. those directly put money into the pocket, the attractions. Okay, but no one's guaranteeing that, that a shop remaining open, someone's going to stop it and buy anything. Uh, I think you could make a pretty good assurance that enough people do that it's worth keeping it open. And also it's partly a function of getting people out of the park. It takes, you know, let's, for example, let's say park closes at 12 a.m. And instantly at 12 a.m. everything shuts down. Richard is clearing Tomorrowland. I'm clearing from Critter Country. We're shoveling all these people out slowly and they get to Main Street. Everything's just zippered up and locked. Part of that, I think, is show. They also give the opportunity for you to spend more money. But as you're being shoveled out of the park, you have a chance to <laughs> run in there and grab your chotsky or whatever on the way out. And it doesn't look so bad because there's still some inviting lights and, you know, you're, you're still here. It's not everything's closed yet. Uh, so I think that's partly the function of, uh, you know, kiss goodnight in a nice way. Not quite any tongue in there, but, you know, you're getting a smack in the cheek on the way out. I, I don't want to kiss goodnight with the tongue. Thank you very much. Not for- <laughs> that was last weekend, but, you know, we won't go. But here's one of the little things that kind of was kept putting going on to the back burner. We, we talked about the painting that was going on, it was, and it was a subject that came up with a couple guys at work a couple of weeks ago. Main Street was looking, prior to the 50th anniversary, was looking horrible. It really was in desperate need of a paint job, and everybody just kept putting on the back burner, putting on the, nobody notices the roof line, nobody does that, we, we're not, and you literally had chunks of bare wood on several of the, several of the, nobody uh, notices it until people like Al Lutz plaster it nobody, all over the internet. Yeah, nobody notices it, but those are one of those little detail things that, that should not have taken place. It should have never become an issue. And then when it was such a big issue that it got painted, everybody goes, oh, wow, it looks nice. Well, those are one of the things that should have been taken care of from the get-go. I, I, I agree things. with you. But on the flip side, as soon as those green construction walls go up, then everybody bitches about, I can't believe they're doing this when the park's open. Right. Well, then here, here's, here's the other side of it. Now they're painting all the planners around 
the hub area around the uh, central plaza. And a good portion of that, the painters come in at about 4 or 5 in the morning, and they're working on that until about noon. So they have barricades around there. They're sanding it down. They got all their little mask on and everything else as they're sanding them down. And then they're going out there with their paint, and they're actually painting it all set up, sometimes with spray cans, sometimes with rollers. They're doing that while the park is open. And somebody was bringing up the question, that would have never happened when Walt was around here. Well, they also closed uh, two freaking days of the week when Walt was around. No kidding, yeah. That, yeah, it, it, the park only had a five-day operation during the winter. So, in reality, would it or want it? But that's one of those questions that's, you know, you can't answer because you don't know what Walt well, Again, was. I bet if you go look through the historical photos up at the archives, you'll see some things that you would say never would have happened in Walt's day. Because it's just a function of uh, not well, only that's... business, but how do you do? So let's say you had that, you know, uh, a pipe break on Main Street, and you end up with a flood in the Emporium. Oh well, on Walt's day, they wouldn't have done that on state. Well, you know, yeah, they would have. <laughs> yeah, like the pipe, like the pipes gonna wait for yeah. a day off. Oh, I'm exactly. sorry, Mister <laughs> Disney. I'll try to hold it in for another day. Um, <laughs> Well, Some, you know, yeah, yeah but, no, but I think we're, we're talking we're talking about routine maintenance, like painting the fences. Would that have been something that would have been restricted to strictly nighttime? Would that, of course, we you know back in the old quote unquote the old days, you had to you had Mondays and Tuesdays during the winter that you can do all this type of stuff without have, affecting anything, and you can have the entire day to do it. But is that such a problem today? Me personally, I look at it as I look at it. It's a fact of life. I'm happy that it's being done. I'm happy they're they're taking care of it. Well, it's yeah, I sort of, of look at it. It's bad show, but you got to do it. And yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that need to be done. But so, but the question came up: Are we is Disney being cheap? This is what somebody else at work was saying: Is Disney being cheap because we don't want to pay the extra amount of money that was cost for them to come in at? Midnight, well, like tonight, Disneyland closes at 8 o'clock. So for them to come in at 10 o'clock tonight and work until 6 in the morning and be done with it by the time the park opens. You know, some things are not practical oh. to do in the middle of the night, i.e. Caltrans. Look what they screw up every time they work in the middle of the night. Um, but that's Caltrans. <laughs> it's a government organization. Go, but go painting, put out no matter what. you know, and trying to get hues right and blends right under... Uh, I think you need daylight for some of that stuff. Yeah, but I, I would think that by the time you're making those decisions, those are already made by other people long before. No, 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 no. You're, you're, talking, you're, you're talking about the guys that are just here because, first of all, these are outside contractors. They're not Disneyland paying people. They're outside contractors. They don't care if they get the hues right or anything. They're given a can of paint, and they're said, okay, fine, go okay, paint stop, the fence. Stop, stop. You're right. The color's been picked out ahead of time. But still, the blending of it, there's things that you don't see until you get under uh, the, the proper condition. Natural light. You know, and, you, I, know, you might you have enough coverage, but once it starts to, to cure and dry a little bit and you're in the sunlight, those things... Those, aren't decisions that are, those decisions were long made before we're even at this point. No, they weren't. No, it's not. You can't control a guy uh, using a brush and not having enough paint on that uh, spread across that rail or that, the, uh, the planter. In a room somewhere. It's got to be done in daylight when you can see it. Fine. Fine. Yes. But try to minimize 
the amount of time you have construction wall up. Well, that try to minute, try to get the job done as soon as possible. Do yes, doing a lot is their scrims or their their walls look like what yeah, look like is there when they're covered. not working. Yeah. And it, it, to me, I mean, I I almost missed two spots on Main Street they were working on because they've got this scrim that's painted just like the storefront. Yeah, that's great. That's, I like. Take that. your time. Awesome. I wish they would do that here. I don't. You I know, wish they would too. We do some things better here than they do, and they got some things right there that we don't do. You would think they would talk, but no. All right, guys. Let's wrap this up because, you know. Because we, did, we didn't even touch on the email. <laughs> Which email? We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we read the email where the guy wanted our opinion on the best era. No, no, we said we'd Sorry. save that for another yep, one. save that for another In show. A- we'll do that on another show. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, and by the I way, like, uh, we need to, 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 to let – um, Jimmy, no, Galactic Hero. He wants. To, I don't know if he emailed you, but he, but he text messaged me. He's really, really interested in being involved when we do the show about snots. Okay. He practically grew up in the parks. I worked at the park. All of us. Maybe you weren't on the West Coast yet as a young enough person to remember. Not a long time ago, Mike, but, you know, Richard and I grew up in the parks. And then I say I later worked at the park. Still have a brother-in-law that works at the park. Um, And I know it's not a Disney show, but a lot of people have asked us to kind of weigh in on the changes of knots and Cedar Fair and all that. Uh, Are are we going to do this? um... Well, Jimmy asked if we could do it at Halloween Haunt. But I don't think with the new job change and all that right at the moment, that's going to work for me. Um, I wouldn't mind going to the chicken dinner restaurant and having a discussion and recording it there. Or... Yeah, that would be a, that would be a good idea. We, or we can go to TGI Fridays or any of the other. I went it's not very snots like. I mean, if you're going to go to, yeah, you got to go to chicken dinner restaurant. If I went to Knots and Halloween Haunt, I wouldn't want to record it. I haven't been to the haunt in what year is this? I haven't been to the haunt in 14 years. Wow. I'm, you know, I haven't been is what I would call a uh, a guest really enjoying it because the last time I went. Uh, the oldest was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school. She couldn't drive, so I took her up there and with her friends. It's just not like going with the date, you know. You, you're, yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> you're the crap out of them sometimes, but it's just not experiencing it in the same manner. So probably the last time I was there like that was back when we I could pull some pictures out where Richard almost all- killed a few people on his way to – how to visit a person he hadn't seen in a long time. Oh, that was our first trip together, though. That was in 87. I, I don't think I've been back since, to be honest with you. That's, yes, that's you have. We went like there. three. No, no. We went like three or four years in a row. Okay, Every, so if the we whole did, it's still back in. The, that's still. Yeah, it's a long know. time ago. All right. Okay, well then. Any housekeeping? We all know Richard doesn't check his email, so why bother? Uh, no, I yeah, did see? check the email. I have me, not checked it. crap all right. Everyone knows email addresses. iTunes you back. Oh, and I will be checking someone, email later on tonight. Okay. Someone asked. Someone asked. Response sometimes, you know. Someone asked about leaving iTunes on feedback. What about it? Uh, a lady named Lucy. She says, "I'm really. She's. Uh, the, she wants to know how to leave feedback. She wants to put, you know, some good feedback on iTunes. So you need to walk her through so, the steps real quick. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you open your iTunes client. Up right, in the upper right-hand computer corner. Speak, because not everybody understands the client thing. Do o- not open iTunes. Don't do what Richard okay. did the first time when I said go to iTunes and get the show. 
he actually went to www.itunes.com. That's not the iTunes you want to go to. You want to no. use the iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. It's installed on your computer as a program. Upper right-hand corner, there's a little search box. Type in MiceCast. That should take you to our show. And then right there in the middle, in the upper middle right, will be a place where you can leave feedback. And then you just click it and follow the prompts and type your stuff. It may ask you to sign in. No, you can leave anonymous feedback. So you don't even have to sign in if you don't want to. That's all I wanted to get out. Well, if, yeah, if you're not signed in, it'll leave it as anonymous. If you're signed in, then it'll leave whatever your sign-in name is. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, if you still have questions, Lucy or Luce, call Mike. Is, send, is, us, uh, send us another email. Send another number, email. 955-555-1212. Uh, yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, information. All right. Um, Just ask for Mike. Wow. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, so that's right, our any, that's our four one one. So all right, boys. I can't. Right. Think of anything, so oh, thanks. Yeah, it's nice to have you back, Greg. I bet. That's I all the sentiment you're getting out of me. You bastard. Riled up after reading. That's the good. Lights, so. Yeah, That's I good. think you were a little riled up tonight. Gee, my knee. Hey, how, how many, he wasn't that the, bad. Uh, how many bombs did we drop tonight? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm glad you asked about the aviation podcast because I got like uh, I got like 50, <laughs> 50 subscribers. Huh? <laughs> and a forum up. You, and, there you go. A forum? And, yeah. Wow, that's, that's involved. And I got it. Got to ask, Mike. Uh, next week is a particular anniversary. Uh, are you going to be talking about it at all? Next week is a particular anniversary. October fourteenth, sixty years ago. No. Now, granted, it's, October fourteenth. Now, granted, it was uh, that was the uh, Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier. Oh no, because Chuck Yeager was an Air Force weenie. So I know, but, you, but you, you, still, you still had you still had your Navy guys that were out there running around. Chasing after. Yeah. Uh, Actually, my most recent show had seventy three downloads. Believe it or not. Why you right? laugh? You probably started off <laughs> because it's because it's not, it's nothing. I don't know. I just think it's funny that six shows and there's people actually listening to it. That just cracks you know, me up. Sorry. I do find it funny that people listen to this show or my other shows. Um, you know, there's a few podcasts I probably listen to that the the hosts think the same thing. I can't believe people listen to this. Show. Exactly. Speaking of which, uh, I met. I was listening to your Fat and Happy tour. Oh yes, there. And I gotta say, uh, enjoyed the shows. They they were they were nice. It was and your. We were talking about doing maybe not very farm over at the chicken ranch. That would be kind of a nice show to just have it around. Yeah, the chicken ranch. No, the chicken restaurant. Oh, Freudian slip. Oh, gosh. (laughs) No. It's a little further down on beach. Uh, (laughs) But no, uh, going to a restaurant because it reminded me a lot of that television show, uh, uh, Dinner for Five, that used to be on Bravo all the time. Oh, yeah. John Favreau and his weenies. Well, we had yeah, a I that show. doing it. The challenge was actually getting it done every day because it sounded great to start, but you know we're staying out late every night, so you know everybody else is pretty much crashing, and I'm sitting there in my bed thinking, okay, I plan to do no introductions. If I didn't say it on the recording, it wasn't added. nothing. 
You know, I threw some really quick uh, iTunes loops in the beginning and the end. But there were a couple nights I was up to three, and we got back up again the next morning at seven or eight. So there were a couple real late nights and early mornings for me. And then, then for some reason, Lipson, I got to the point I couldn't get, I think, episode eight or nine up because it, it said I had plenty of space left, you know, in my quota. But I uploaded it like three times and never showed up. And there was just, I waited a couple of days. And then today I just posted the final show, which is not any one particular restaurant, but a wrap up uh, and a re review and a chance for someone to change their opinion after, you know, 10 days. Because, I mean, quite frankly, we started off at one of the best restaurants, uh, best experiences at Ohana's. So from there, it was really hard to judge some because you're like, you're judging it against this. So you're trying to take each place you know, individually and uniquely for what it offered, but it's tough, you know, so, but we had a good time doing it, but it was a challenge to keep it going and not just say, screw this, you know, it's one in the morning. (laughs) That's why I tried to always do intros and exit on the tape or on the, excuse me. Yeah. There were a couple mistakes. I didn't realize it until I was editing and you know, you learn something new about your equipment every time you use it and fuck up with it. Yeah, I burned through a lot of batteries because I also did a lot of in-park recording. Because I got to say, by the way, the haunted mansion is fabulous. the uh, The recordings, no matter how good your recording equipment is, you'll never be able to appreciate the sound of the stretching room unless you're in it. It is a master looking forward to masterpiece. That. There's no other looking way to describe to this thing, um, but a masterpiece. And the rest of the the attraction. They did a good job. There's some areas I'm surprised they didn't do. No, no hatbox ghost. By the way, if you hadn't heard that, um, but overall it was done very well. But that one room is just unfrickin' believable in the sound. But anyways, so it burned through a lot of batteries, and you know I've got the the external mics and the mics built into it. But when you burn out the battery and you put it in, it resets to the internal mics. So I didn't realize at Sci-Fi Diner because I just run out well, of batteries. Switch happened there that it wasn't the external mics, it was recording from the e- internal mics in my pocket. So I had yeah, to I push the gains up so and cool. play with the levels and try to get something halfway decent out of it. Almost, you know, just said, screw that recording. But I thought, ah, what the hell? You know, you don't pay for it, so you get what you pay for. That's um, right. And, and that's, just, one of, that's one of my favorite restaurants, so I'm glad that it came out. Yeah, well, yeah, there was... I'm sure you heard about my faux pas with my food, so... Uh, well, we'll hear about it later. Yeah, okay. you hear about it later. Maybe, yeah, you'll listen to my other shows. And you'll you'll catch up with that. So, so anyways, all right. So we're gonna say good night yeah, then. We can say good night. Okay. Good night.
Yeah. <laughs> 